Hey there, I'm Andrew Yeager, and welcome to WBHM Politics. Elections are always about change, but voters in Birmingham made a generational change in Tuesday's municipal runoff elections. They backed Randall Woodfin, who defeated incumbent Mayor William Bell. Woodfin is a city attorney. He's been a member of the Birmingham Board of Education. But at 36, he's the youngest Birmingham mayor in more than 120 years. Tuesday's election also saw City Council President Jonathan Austin booted from office, plus voters added a few new faces to the council. Here to talk about all that is WBHM's local government reporter, Cheryl Wheeler-Stewart. Cheryl, hello to you. Hello, Andrew. And John Archibald. He's a columnist of the Alabama Media Group. And John, it's good to have you back. Good to see you, Andrew. By the way, we're talking on Wednesday morning, the day after the election. And I want to start with this. What was the significance of Woodfin's win? John, I'll toss that to you first. Well, you can hear a lot of people talk about how it was a generational thing. It's about young versus old, and there's some evidence of that. But I think that a lot of it is a city that has become really tired of uh, sort of the demeanor at City Hall. Jonathan Austin and the mayor both out. Both of them are sort of the key figureheads in the in the fight against each other over the last several years. Uh, I think people are tired of the same old, same old, and are looking for something different, and Woodfin offers something different. And, you know, we've heard a lot of talk about this word change. I interviewed uh, political scientist Angela Lewis, who said, you know, there's been this movement about change. People want someone other than the incumbent because they feel they can do something different, something better than what they've had in the past. I mean, we see, te- we see that at play a lot, this change notion that we're going to wipe the slate clean, we're going to throw everybody out, and, and things are going to change, uh, which really makes it really interesting to see what did we change to, and I still don't think we really know exactly what that is. There was a lot of emotion tied up in this race, which was really surprising, particularly in the mayor's race, and I'm real interested to see how that plays out. There's hope, though, that we haven't seen in a while. There's hope, there's change, but was there a message? Can you say that there was a message that came out of yesterday's results? Well, Mr. Whitman had a narrative that said, we deserve better, bail has failed, I'm the person who can do that for you. There were people who were concerned. I interviewed one woman who lives in the West End, Ms. Marilyn Mosley, who said, my neighborhood has been neglected. People had the message or in their mind, in their minds that there must be something better out there for my neighborhood, for my city, and we think he can do it better than the incumbent. Do you see a, a message from yesterday's results, John? I mean, I, I do think the message is that we've had enough of the same old business as usual. Um, but what it's going to boil down to is, are you going to get my streets clean? Uh, I mean, my streets paved. Are you going to get my parks cleaned? Are you going to get my garbage picked up on time? My, is my neighborhood going to get the same attention as Southside or as Glen Iris or as Avondale? Um, and it's going to, he's going to end up having to deal with all the same issues that Bell had to deal with. And so a lot of people want to talk about this as a big message about a more progressive mayor, about some kind of national movement, but uh, those are not really mayoral issues. And so it's going to come down to, does the city run? And that's going to be the test. Well, about that national movement, because we have seen uh, Randall Woodfin being picked up by progressive media outlets. He had backing from a a group associated with former presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. Can we say it's a movement? One election does not make a movement. You have to realize, too, that while we did elect a 36-year-old mayor, there are six council members who returned, and those council members are not 36. Uh, so that's that's not really a movement. What we hope to see is someone who, who steps in and is held accountable 
or we'll just naturally take care of those things that John mentioned. Now, the other thing we didn't talk about is the growth issue. There's been a lot of development downtown. There's been a lot of development in Avondale and Woodlawn and those places. There are people who are concerned about whether that will continue under the new mayor or will there be a shift. Yeah, I'm not I'm not one to feel sorry for politicians on a day like this ever. Uh, but, uh, you know, I almost feel bad for Bell because by almost any standard, if you looked at Birmingham today versus 2010 when he took over, the population declined, decreased, number of buildings downtown went up dramatically, the number of people moving into downtown is up. Um, it's gotten some national publicity. All the things that if in 2010 we had had this checkbox and said, are you going to do this, are you going to do this, or you do this, you would mark that as a success. But somewhere along the way, he lost the people because he he got so obsessed with taking power from the council, he got so obsessed with fighting with the council that he came off as genuinely interested in, in himself. And he really didn't run a campaign until he realized he was in a race in the runoff. And so... Uh, I guess he got what he deserved ultimately, but uh, it'd be a mistake to say he failed to do a lot of the things he said he was going to do. And then when you talk about that campaign, yes, in the last couple months since you know we got into this runoff, he's been more aggressive. But the results don't bear it out because you know in the first round he won 39 of the city's 69 boxes. Yesterday he won less than 10. Looks like about eight boxes. So the percentage of voters increased to 35% in the runoff. But the number of votes for bail, or the percentage of votes for bail... It was a drubbing. There's no question about it. He lost the Legion Field polling place by 20 votes. Which, and that's his, that's his polling as place. As soon as people knew he lost Legion Field, people in his office said, this is over. This is done. I'm going home. And they did, and they were right. It was interesting you were talking about the council, and then it ago six returned mm -hmm. um you have to think looking at last night if any of those had been in a runoff they would have been in trouble because those in a runoff were what were uh roderick versus hilliard roderick had been right. off the council for a while but he was sort of seen as yeah. a yeah. member of the establishment yeah, he was a former city council president right mm -hmm. kim rafferty got just destroyed in her district and 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 jonathan austin lost his in a much closer race Virtually everybody who was seen as an insider lost, at least on the council and mayor side, mm -hmm. last night. And uh, I think that was a movement. I mean, it was largely because the people behind Woodfin were pushing for new faces, but it was pretty dramatic. It was. Well, I want to talk more about the council in a moment, but before we leave uh, the, the mayor's race, so Randall Woodfin represents change. And John, when you wrote about the election results, you say, now comes the hard part. What do you expect Randall Woodfin to face as he's coming into office? Well, I think question number one will be uh, staffing. Is Chief Roper remain chief of police? That's going to be a big question. I mean, I think, think the chief is pretty popular, but uh, he's also been seen as pretty pro-mayor. Um, starts other, with staffing and moves from there. Go ahead, Sheriff. The other issue is economic development. You know, Lisa Cooper is director of economic development. Uh, that's an office that's under the mayor. Mr. Whiffen has said that one of the things he wants to do is to have a more a more robust economic development effort. So does she maintain that spot? I'm told that there are probably, what, about 100 people in city government that are appointed by the mayor. Mm -hmm. um, That's right. What happens? And, and some of those pleasure. people hold very significant positions in maintaining the city. 
Right. And, you know, and there there are things that, you know, he said that he stated that his campaign has stated that are very important, for instance, to me. When my biggest complaint with the Bell administration was lack of transparency. We didn't know what money was being spent. We didn't know how budgets were being created. And those sorts of things, we get we are promised that, you know, we, we're going to have efforts to have a check register online, things like that. And those things, I think, are very important to the city, and they're very important to the trust in the community, particularly when you say that that's going to happen. He's going to have to make good his promises, and he's going to have to uh, deal with personnel issues, which are not easy. And he's got to forge a relationship with that monster of a body that has foiled so many mayors and city council. The relationships are important. You know, when you think about uh, his tenure on the Birmingham school board, it wasn't always that great. You know, he had some very tense moments on the very, on the Birmingham school board. So, you know, how does he move beyond that? I don't believe there were any school board members who stepped forward and said, I endorse Mr. Woodfin. So maybe they decided to stay out of it for whatever reason. But the relationships have to be stronger on the council if he's going to get his agenda. And it becomes a comprehensive or inclusive agenda, you know, that brings the council in as well. You talk about staffing. You talk about relationships. In terms of actual policy, do we expect anything significantly different coming from a Mayor Woodfin than what we've seen the last eight years? That, to me, is one of the interesting things here in that it's kind of, it's almost mysterious as to what that is at this point, which is remarkable considering the wave of support for him. Uh, but, you know, we, you talked earlier about the national, the profile of him as a uh, progressive southern mayor that's going to push that agenda, which, you know, would not be unusual here. I mean, that's an agenda that's really been pushed by the council a lot lately, that mm-hmm. every time something is done gets wap- wiped out by the state legislature. So that's not something that really moves us forward. That's just something that may speak to the nation. The only thing that speaks to us here is how the city runs. Is it efficient? Is it economical? Is it open? And do people in the neighborhoods feel like they're being served? Yes, but it gets back to relationships. He has to be able to, one, force those relationships with the council to get things done, whatever policy may be, and he has to be able to work with the legislature. Those are the kind of people who are going to have to probably step up and help achieve some of those things that need to happen in order for him to get some things done. Yeah, one of the big tests will be how many of the people who supported Woodfin did so because they were opposed to William Bell and saw him as the best chance to beat him, and how many of them are genuinely supporters of Randall Woodfin, which is politics. It will be interesting to see how many remain with him as this goes forward. One of the criticisms against Randall Woodfin during the campaign is that he's young, he's inexperienced. How big of a learning curve do you think he'll have when he steps into office? I think he has a huge learning curve, but I also think he knows how to surround himself with people who can help him grasp those things that he may not be quite as familiar with. You have to realize he has been in City Hall. don't know exactly what he has done on the management side other than, you know, carrying out his duties as an assistant city attorney. But I don't necessarily agree that it's that big a deal. I mean, a bureaucracy like Birmingham is a a battleship that moves pretty slowly. And, you know, if the mayor didn't show up for months at a time, which, in fact, the mayor didn't show up for months at a time, the uh, thing is not going to you know, change course that dramatically. I mean, I I think that it may take more time to put his stamp on it to change things uh, the way he wants to, but I don't think it it falls apart just because somebody who doesn't doesn't have experience doing it. Lord knows it has been run by people who didn't know what they were doing in the past and will again in the future. I do want to turn to uh, the city council races specifically and and start with the District 5 races between Jonathan Austin 
uh, who was the city council president. Uh, he was defeated by uh, Daryl O'Quinn. And John, how surprised were you that Jonathan Austin was defeated? I'm not, I was not really surprised based on the fact that I think the runoff between Woodfin and Bell really played into that race. I mean, it motivated people in a district that were very pro-Woodfin to come out and vote. So if I'm surprised at anything, I'm really surprised that the gap between Austin and O'Quinn was a good bit narrower than the citywide gap for mayor. Again, I'm, I truly believe in my heart that it was something of a referendum on on the behavior of both those men in um, Austin and Bell over the last few years. Because they're the two that have been most at odds. Right. They've made every issue about beating each other rather than the good of the city. And I think that began to resonate with people. The other thing you have to realize, too, is that Daryl O'Quinn is head of the CAB, the Citizens Advisory Board. So he's built some relationships over the years. Those relationships, coupled with the fact that, as you said, the the pro-Woodfin vote motivated in his district turned out, and he probably benefited. Can I ask a question? Sure. Are, are you at all? I mean, uh, are you at all surprised uh, that there hasn't been more made of the racial aspect of the city council, in the sense that I mean, I mean, it hasn't come up hardly at all, uh, other than in a few campaign sort of tactics. But uh, uh, we, there is a additional what white council member now. There, there will be three white council members, and one of the things we, we have to make note of is that the first black mayor of Birmingham endorsed a white council member, mm-hmm. Daryl O'Quinn in District 5. Mm-hmm. So I'm really not surprised because we have to realize that Birmingham dem- demographics are in a state of change. Right. But the surprising thing to me is that nobody's heads exploded about it that I've seen so far. I mean, you know, it's just, it just sort of happened. I think it's part of the transition in the city. I think we are we are changing as a city. And some people may care, but if they do, they're not really exploding about it. In some circles, however, there is sort of like a little quiet chatter about Birmingham's doing better now, so they want to come back and take it from us. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you're alluding to, you know. Right, and I think that probably in some circles on the other side, there are people saying, you know, we took this back or something like that. I'm sure that goes on under the surface, yeah. but largely in the mainstream, it's been, uh, as one would sort of hope, I think, sort of a non-issue. I think in the, in the election that happens four years from now, we will hear more of that conversation. Yes, we will. Because the demographics will continue to change as the revitalization occurs. Assuming it occurs. <laughs> well, with uh, District 2, this was uh, Kim Rafferty's district. She was defeated by uh, Hunter Williams. It was a uh, 71% of the vote, I believe. Were any of you surprised at how large that margin was? No, based on the general, I, I mean, she was very fortunate to uh, to make a runoff, honestly. She had not been coming to council meetings recently, I believe. Uh, this one person tweeted to me last night, uh, I'm surprised that... Uh, that Kim Rafferty even voted for herself at this point. So it was not a surprise to me. Kim Rafferty was spending a lot of her time on this past Saturday at the uh, Whistle Stop Festival in Irondale instead of, you know, campaigning in Birmingham. Maybe she thought she would meet more voters from Birmingham and Irondale. I don't know or I don't understand that, but maybe she had decided already that, this may not be a success for her. Right. I think she saw the writing on the wall. Honestly, based on 
the last year or so, I don't think she was very much enjoying being a city council member. I thought it, I think she found it kind of frustrating, and you know, you've covered enough council meetings to understand that. With uh, Jonathan Austin out as city council president and uh, three new faces on the city council, there'll be a jockeying for new leadership. Cheryl, do we have a sense of how that might shake out? Mr. Aldrich Gunn, when he represented District 4 on the council, said you have to be able to look to the left and to the right and count five. He said you got to have five votes. I don't know where those five votes will, will gel. If I had to guess, I would say that the council members who have voted together most often are Mr. Hoyt, Sheila Tyson, and LaShonda Scales. They will probably continue to vote together uh, because they have similar views. Uh, Mr. Parker and Mr. Roberson have voted together more frequently than not. I don't know how it will go. What do you think, John? Well, first of all, I have to point out, as I always do, that Aldrich Cohen also said that point is moot, M-U-T-E, just like on the phone. But uh, <laughs> you got to love Aldrich Cohen. But the point being, your point is a really good one, and that the first rule of council or mayor is find five, mm-hmm. and you got to find your five. Although I'm not sure Hoyt and Scales are always together, and I don't think they were all together on this mayoral race, for that matter. To me, it's going to be, and I would expect that Valerie Abbott and the new council members uh, will probably be aligned. I think the key is, as you say, in Hilliard and uh, Parker, where are they going to end up? There will be a lot of angling for uh, their affection, as it were. So with leadership questions still be decided, just the fact we've had some turnover on the council, how do you see that affecting this fractured relationship between the council and the mayor's office now that we have Slightly different council, but certainly a new mayor. Randall Wolfen has said that the city will be at its best when the mayor and council can work together, and he says he is committed to doing that. If that happens, it will be something new for us, I guess, because they haven't worked together quite as well. Although, you know, Mayor Bell says, well, is quick to tell us that 90% of the items that come on the council agenda are passed. Mr. Austin said the same thing. Still, there have been some differences there. I don't think that issue exists anymore. I think it's done. All of the players involved in that are gone. The mayor is gone. His chiefs of staff will be gone, and they were seen as a large part of that problem. Much of his staff will be gone. Marcus Lundy, the other... uh, The the, the council that got into an altercation with Bell. right. He is gone. Um, Jonathan Austin, who led the push against the mayor, is gone. LaShonda Scales in the mayor's office had a lot of trouble, but it's a different mayor's office. So, I mean, I think that everything involved in that whole uh, scenario is erased, and we start over. So we have a clean slate now? Is that I think what you're it saying? Is, I think it's a clean slate, and, uh, I mean, it has to be because there's nobody left to, to mark on it. Well, just to wrap this up, you know, we've been talking a lot about Woodfin. We've talked about the council, but, of course— Mayor William Bell is out of office. He's been in some form of local government for 40 years or so. Do either of you see a next step or a future for him in Birmingham politics, or is this it? I think he'll become a consultant and enjoy his life and be happy with it. You know, he said last night that his family will continue to do well, and he was grateful for the opportunity to serve. And uh, I think he'll just move on. I'm 68 years old. Uh, I wouldn't rule out him running for a county commission or something else again. 
it's the only thing he's ever known. I mean, he became a council member in 1979, and I think that he uh, enjoys everything about it. And uh, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that. I also wouldn't be surprised to see him, as you say, become a consultant, and uh, we know how that works. Well, I mean, if you lose your home box, Legion Field, can you return and run for another office and find success? Do you remember 2000? Do you remember the Bernard Kincaid? It was, not, what is it, 99? 99. 99. You're, right. You're correct. When Richard Arrington appointed William Bell as his successor, and he had a huge lead, had a huge pile of money, didn't know what to do in campaigning, so he put people in six-foot bunny costumes on the street corners because that seemed like a good idea at the time, and he ended up losing to Bernard Kincaid. Uh, but came back and ran for commission and won. Right. Nobody said he could do it. Came back and ran for commission, came, came back and ran for council, mm-hmm. then came back and then went and ran for commission, then came back and ran for mayor. I mean, it's the uh, he is uh, not one to walk away. That's John Archibald. He's a columnist with the Alabama Media Group. And John... Great to have you here for the conversation. Thank you. And we've also had uh, WBHM's local government reporter, Cheryl Wheeler-Stewart. Uh, Cheryl, thanks to you. Thank you, Andrew. And that's it for this edition of WBHM Politics. The show was produced by Gigi Duban, Cheryl Wheeler-Stewart, and myself. Our theme song is by local Birmingham guitarist Eric Essex and is called Find Your Way. We want to know what you think. Send us your thoughts through the WBHM Facebook page or tweet at us. We're at WBHM, or you can use the hashtag WBHM Politics. I'm Andrew Yeager. Thanks for listening.